This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the Debbie Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand. <laughs> you jumped up and... That's Austin Nace, who is going to be that guy. And for me, B. John Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm feeling sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screener draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brooding. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Bruno, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Gotta continue. I got to Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Our apologies to Kirk Street and Atlanta. Time will get him rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin A, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time, the only time zone that's getting a little hazy these days. It's time... For Debbie Debate, brought to you by CampusDecanton.com. Matt Bruning, Austin Nace here. No Felix Sharp, no Chris Moxley. Can't even begin to guess where either of those two are. In a youngster version of tonight's show, we're talking all freshmen. All freshmen all night. We want to zoom out. We want to zoom in. We're going to talk about how we value freshmen in Debbie and Campus Decanton drafts. And then we're going to give you some names, guys, that we're drafting outside that top tier and some players who we think will rise and fall in value during the 2023 season. Mr. Bruning, um, yep. I, I guess we should just jump right into this. Um, Felix has given us strict notes on, on what to do here tonight. Uh, how do you value freshmen in Debbie drafts? I know some people completely avoid them. I know some people really get a little caught up and go all in. Where, where do you fall on that spectrum? In Debbie drafts, I'm probably closer to the avoid them group, uh, mostly because I, I've, I've really come around. I was not always like this early on. I was like, I'll take them. I think they're going to be phenomenal. But over the past couple of years, and I know I've mentioned it on, on this show and other other shows previous, it's while I think we've done a really good job in just the Debbie landscape in general, uh, everybody around. In, in predicting success as of late, it's not always been that way. You know, the the main two that everybody points out, Spencer Rattler, DJ, our first year of this website, we had those guys, I'm almost positive, ranked as QBs one and two. If For not, sure. I know they were they were highly ranked. They were going first round of C2C drafts, Debbie drafts everywhere. I just think you've got to take players who are closer to the NFL that we've seen more of. It's easier to predict that success and and production moving forward. There's certain freshmen probably what I would what I would say is the top tier. So like if you pay attention to our recruiting stuff and everything, those guys that we have in that tier one grade, the guys that have eighty or better grades for us. They'll them I'll probably attack in like maybe the third round of a Debbie draft because I feel like that's a safe place to take a shot on the upside. But if they crash out, I feel like oh, hopefully I made a good job or did a good job making my first two picks and, and solidified guys that I think are going into the NFL. But I just I've been finding it harder and harder to buy into freshmen with a first round pick because I get that they may never be cheaper moving forward. But if you take i I'll just use Malachi Nelson. Cause he's, you know, our top rated quarterback in this class. 
what if he ends up becoming Spencer Rattler and you waste a first round pick on him? Like, unless you move him before that bottom falls out, you're going to end up eating that for his career. And you may never recoup any kind of value where if you could take a, I, in a Mecca Buka, a Nicholas Singleton, like guys that I think have much better predictive success moving forward. I'd much rather do that than take a freshman. I think the Debbie and the C2C, and I, I, I can't speak that much for CFF because I don't have a lot of dynasty experience. So I, I don't really know, um, or really even redraft. I play in one CFF league that Nate Marquise made me join last year. And then he sent me just awful trades all year. I think he just hoped that he would be able to rip me off a couple times uh, throughout the year. So shout out to to Nate, who I'm sure will listen to this eventually. Um, I think we are we really lag behind the dynasty and NFL folks on a lot of the uh, understanding basic strategy type things. And I think part of it is because while a lot of the tenants of the format are similar, there's also uh, a lot of different things in terms of where value comes from that makes them unique and different. And I think the big area that a lot of Debbie still hasn't caught up to yet is that a lot of and this is this is not a shot at anybody. We do plenty of shows here across our network, myself, us here sitting here tonight included, on specific player values. We're going to talk about them here a little bit tonight. A lot of Debbie and C2C is really not about individual player values. It's not, is this player good, is this player bad? It, at the end of the day, you know, eventually you have to have that discussion. But it, it's further down the line as I play more and more of these leagues. The, the real... The real question for me when I'm looking at a lot of these things is just where is the value sitting right now and what are the odds that something keeps or gains value over the next year? And you could say, well, if a player's good, he'll gain value. If he's bad, he loses value. And there you go. There's there, We're back to, to good be bad. But I don't think it's always that simple. And I think a lot of it can be seen when we're discussing how you're approaching freshmen in drafts. I'm not saying it's the right way or the wrong way, but a lot of these freshmen... I'm not necessarily looking at them as do I think do I think this player is good, although I certainly have my favorites of the, the tier one freshmen, as we'll discuss. But how likely are they to hold value for at least a year, if not two years, I think is really the big discussion that factors in to a lot of these players. And you've probably heard, especially Chris and I talk about it on this show, where we are saying these freshman quarterbacks aren't going to play this year. But that's actually a good thing for their value because we're still going to like them a year from now. And the odds of them being recruited over or uh, transferred over are probably slim. I, I don't think they're they're zero, but they're not great either. I wouldn't put them above 20 or 30%. So I think that's how I really look at freshmen in these drafts, like just as a vehicle for, for carrying value forward into the future. And so that's why generally I pick my targets carefully but i do agree with you you know after there's not that many guys that fall into that category and then after that you're probably better off uh letting somebody else uh take those guys at least until you get down to the point where you just you you know what's on the board and it's it's not the the, the, the what we've seen is probably not very good so with the argument of especially the quarterbacks could you honestly make that as well for running backs i mean there's a, a better chance that they could get recruited over obviously than than the quarterbacks but i think there's a lot of freshman running backs we're not going to see this year and i would have up until probably what has it been a year and a half ago said probably the same thing with wide receivers until you and chris had to you know come up with this year one zero theory and now if you don't play your value, whether it's fair or unfair, yeah. is completely ruined. So, but I do think you can say the same thing for running backs. I mean, I was looking at our freshman list uh, right before the show. There's a lot of these running backs. I don't know if any of these guys are going to see a lot of playing time this year. And I don't know, like, like a uh, Ruben Owens. I don't know that he gets recruited over. I think the list is a lot smaller for the running backs, but I think there's a fair amount of them. You can make that argument for as well. Yeah, I think when you're talking about some of those guys, a wide receiver is just a different beast. And I think we all kind of know that by now, if you've been playing Debbie for a long time, like the early production, early breakout for them really matters. And it doesn't seem like it really correlates at all for, for quarterbacks running backs. So I, yeah, we, we don't care too much about it for those guys. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a fine line. You know, you talk about, um, and, and like we, we like Roderick Robinson, who's going to Georgia. What are the odds that he doesn't play this year and then they bring in another back next year? Like, I think they're pretty good. You know, I, I, I still like Roderick Robinson. 
I don't think I've I've drafted him in one league and he fell to the fifth or sixth round in a supplemental draft. And I just I, I had to do it at that point. But like, are you ending up with some of these guys? I, I feel pretty good about Haynes. I don't think he gets really, quote unquote, recruited over. Um, I don't. Well, I mean, Texas has Gibson coming in next year and they got another guy, too. But I th- Baxter's going to get the chance to prove it this year, which I think yeah. is what kind of makes differentiates him a little bit from a guy like Roderick Robinson of Georgia, who probably we don't see him unleashed unless a, a pretty long string of things go his way. Uh, do you have any other guys that kind of you're thinking of off the top of your head that that are further up the running back rankings that um, we uh, that that probably will be vehicles to kind of carry some some value forward? Um, I mean, Quentin Joyner, USC, and Caleb Hicks kind of stay. Or is it Caleb Hicks? I always say Caleb. Caleb Hicks are probably two. They're both ranked. What are they? Both in our top. Well, Hicks falls just outside of our top twelve at thirteen. I mean, I with I, I know Barnes is dealing with the injury, but I still think it's going to be like Marcus Major hasn't caught anywhere. He's still on the team. While I don't think he's an overly talented running back, I think because of him, you've got you Javon listen, St. Barnes. Did, did you listen to today's burning the red shirt that that I haven't had before mentioned? Yet, Nate Marquise was on yet. They basically all sat no. there and talked about why hasn't Marcus Major transferred yet. He's still, uh, okay. so just the fact that you were talking about that made me made me gotcha. Uh, yeah, no, I I, yeah. I tend to make uh, although well, I don't. Chris K listens to this show, so now he's going to find out that I do listen to BTR. I, I constantly oh. say I don't listen to it because of Chris K, but yeah, I usually listen to it on Thursdays. Um. Yeah, so I think with with Marcus Major there, though, I agree. I, I don't think he's a good running back. He's still there. Javante Barnes hasn't gone anywhere. I know he's dealing with the with the bone, the dead bone injury in his foot, but he's probably going to play. And so is Gavin Sawchick. So I think unless one of those top two gets hurt, like we're not going to see a lot of, of Hicks. And there's a realistic shot. We don't see a lot of him next year either because you're still going to have Gavin Sawchuk and Javante Barnes there. But I don't know that Oklahoma recruits over him. I know that they're in on some running back and i'm pretty sure he's a four star but i don't remember what his name is i saw he recently took a visit there um quentin joiner as well i mean usc to me that room is wide, kind of wide open though I, I don't know maybe we see him this year if marshawn lloyd suffers an injury but uh, they still have austin jones there so who i mean he's gonna eat into some of that so those are probably the two i mean another one a guy i'm gonna talk about later i mean i, I don't know NFL upside is there, but I do think he could be a really good college running back in Cameron Cook. I mean, I it's Imani Bailey and Trey Sanders. I don't think either one of those guys are phenomenal. They've been there all through. I mean, Sanders transferred in, but they've been there all through spring now, all through summer. Like, they're probably going to get the run, and Bailey has one more year. This Is this the end for both of them? I'm most positive this is the end for Sanders. I, I'm so I can't I can't keep guessing no, on these. Sanders players. Sanders has to have at least one year because he had COVID one more, and okay. he's redshirted at least once. Like I, he's got to have I at hate, least one. If I hate two all more this, years. I hate all this COVID yeah. stuff. Well, there's a shot that either one or both of them are back, which could limit him as well. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be where I where I agree with you on I guess the quarterback side of things with that is like they're not going to lose any value if we assume that they're going to be the starter on that team they won't lose that now if you get recruited over if you know going to the Khalid Hicks thing I'm almost positive that that running back is a four star if it ends up being like one of the top five or six backs in the class you may lose some value on Hicks at that point but I, I don't remember for the life of me now who that player is it's it's why i i'm i'm thinking another guy that i have not been able to pull the trigger on at all this year I just can't quite talk myself into it when i'm sitting there as arch manning at texas and i do think if you're drafting arch manning even if you think he's going to be a star and it's very possible I, it's not that i like don't like the guy or whatever i just usually like another option that's that's there near him a little bit more um he's a guy where i think once the season ends as long as as soon as the day quinn declares I'm probably shopping Arch Manning around a little bit just because I think it's not necessarily a slam dunk. I think he should get the job. I don't think Malik Murphy's very good, but it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what the coaching staff thinks and then what ultimately yeah. happens over the next six to eight months after that. And so guys like that, like I just think they're an auto sell as soon as that, because you're going to, you could probably after this year, every league has enough Arch Manning truthers that you could probably do an Arch Manning plus an NFL asset for a starting NFL quarterback kind of deal. And those are the kind of deals that you should do every single time. Even if five years down the road, you actually quote unquote lost value, you 
really you, you didn't have anything at risk, which can be you'll sleep better at night. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that that ultimately is, is kind of the way to go with some of these guys. And Arch is just the guy that really stands out to me this year, just because I think there is potentially a roadblock that I just don't want to play around with really, if I don't have to. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of landmines around Arch. Some that I don't know that we've even talked about. And the fact like I think you can make a fair comparison of, what Quinn Ewers has had to deal with and, and compare that to Arch Manning. A, I don't know that Arch wasn't technically declared a perfect prospect, right? But he was like considered by most the number one quarterback in the class. If he does anything besides dominate in his, say he gets the job next year. If he doesn't do anything but dominate, he's going to be considered a quote unquote bust playing 10 games, 12 games, whatever it is going out there in the sec, brand new league. Like it's, there's a lot of ways that Arch could fail. doesn't mean that he's a bad quarterback. doesn't mean he's not going to end up being a successful NFL player, which does matter in our C2C leagues. But I just, there's a lot more, I think, landmines runs because let's say Malik Murphy does get the job. Then what are you doing with Arch? I feel like his value completely tanks at that point. I don't know that he transfers. And then everybody's going to say the same. Oh, well, he's a bust. He couldn't beat, he couldn't beat out Malik Murphy. He couldn't beat out Quinn Ewers. He's, he sucks. He's no good. So, yeah, I, I have avoided him in all of those as well. Um, I see Ryan in the chat. I did tell him to take Arch if he fell to him. Different, a little bit different story, Ryan. You're very, it's like a 22-team league. It's a little bit different. But, yeah, I, they, I've had one shot at him, and I passed on him, and I think I took Cedric Baxter, actually, over Arch because I was just like, I, I'd rather – to me, it's it, he's just a safer bet, in, in my opinion, to not only produce for three years, but I think he's got, obviously, the NFL potential. Yeah, I just – there's a lot of – questions around our still think he's a really good quarterback but uh, there's a lot in his way that could stop him from gaining all of his value and again i think some of it is maybe not us as the community but the recruiting community building him up to be what he they say he's going to be and him not quite living up to that hype it's probably worth noting that if you play in any sort of league that's probably more than 14 teams the strategy is just going to significantly differ on some of these things yeah, so yeah. well let's just add that addendum in here i'm going to get a little more um aggressive or throw caution to the wind might be the better term uh when i'm taking freshman in a uh i'm in several i'm in a 28 team or the single copy i mean in that one i'm if Arch, if all, if I'm the fifth pick in that league this year, if all the other quarterbacks are going to Arch is sitting there, I'm taking Arch. But yeah, that's a different he, discussion. Ryan is the fourth in that one. I think it's actually a 16 teamer now, and I told him the same thing. It's like he, he's got literally not one starting quarterback on his college side. He's got Brandon Armstrong, and we were just like me and Jared, were like yeah, if Arch fall, if you somehow find a way for Arch to fall to you for, just take him. Like it, even you'll be able to trade him later if you don't want him, but just take him. Yeah, so that's probably worth noting. So do you value freshmen? Because I, I think I do value freshmen differently in Debbie drafts than C2C drafts. Yes. Just because there's a net there of if you're taking a five-star quarterback, most of them at least play and will get you some points, even if they don't make it to the NFL. I can't really think of that many like high, high-end five-stars that just like did nothing in college. <laughs> Sam Heward. Um, recently, hey, hey, it's not over yet, man. He's he he could be back. Okay, okay. Um, so I I I I definitely think there's a more of a safety net there. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. I am much more willing to be aggressive on freshmen and C two C leagues because, like, for for anybody who plays dynasty, the way I would compare it is if you're a first round quarterback in the NFL, you're going to get multiple ch chances whether you suck or not. Outside of Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen's probably, I guess, the Sam Heward in this conversation. Like he never really got that. Uh, They're very that comparable stylistic players too. So that's a that's a very yeah. That's uh, I mean a little I, too on the nose. Outside of him, most of these guys get another shot somewhere. So even if they end up not playing for the original team that they committed to, they'll likely transfer, get a shot somewhere, and play. And and you can then at that point move them. And again, the the kind of beginning of our conversation with I'll just use Malachi Nelson as the example here again. As a guy we know is not going to play this year outside of if, you know, something happens to Caleb, knock on wood, his value is not going anywhere. And I think that stands for a lot of the quarterbacks. I mean, even a guy that, like, I've been higher on than most, uh, but is not viewed as, like, a Malachi Nelson-type prospect, Austin Novosad. 
Like we view him as the next guy up at Oregon. So his value will retain once we know Bo Nix goes on to the NFL, unless we find out Ty Thompson's going to win that job. So like there, you, you can go further down the list, Jaden Rashada. There's a lot of guys even further down that that value doesn't dissipate if they don't touch the field at all this year, throw in, th- actually throw a pass. Yeah, you're giving away some of our secrets here. There is a distinct, in my opinion, second tier of freshman quarterbacks that we feed, that we like the team that they're on, more or less, and we think there's a pretty direct path to playing time uh, by next year. So, um, and they're they're talented players too. So, uh, we'll get into those guys uh, here. But yeah, I mean, I just think the the ability to get points in the short term. Um, is still valuable. We talk about three-year windows all the time in a C2C. The three-year window, I mean, you're just talking about a college window and, and maybe that guy doesn't end up making it for the NFL. But um, uh, yeah, I think I think you'll you'll typically get some pretty good years out of these guys. So especially with the portal now, we still don't even know exactly. Yeah. I don't, we don't have enough years of data to, to even go into that yet and see uh, exactly what's going to happen there. Um, so let's, let's get in. I mean, we, we've been talking about some players in some situations here, but I do want to get a little, um, deeper into specific names, guys that we are targeting. I wrote down here, which freshmen outside the top tier are we targeting? Cause I think those guys are the obvious, uh, really high upside Debbie and C2C guys. These are the guys that are probably going to go in the top 15 picks yeah. every single time. Matt, how do we want to how do we want to uh, like delineate as to what the the tier one guys are? Do you want to just go with the guys so, on that we have that are above a point eight at campus Canton? Yeah, but I was gonna say if we're going tier one, if you want to put it fantasy football wise, so top twelve at each position. I mean, I don't know if that's because oh, that's, that's a ton of that. That's way too many players. Nah, that gives you that makes it a little bit harder. You gotta you know actually dig a little bit deeper to grab the players. We only had what three? Nathan four? Nathan Leacock is my wide receiver twelve, and there is zero percent chance that I would ever classify him as a tier one anything. I know, but that's what I makes not it. We're, we're trying to we're trying to provide a service to these people watching and listening. We gotta we gotta got dive a little bit deeper. I, top I, ten, top I ten, think it, uh, top ten. I think top it's 10. worth noting that the tier one guys is not that big of a tier. It's not. I actually think we're doing people a disservice by saying it's 30 players. It's not 30 players. It's like, it's, I think, in my opinion, it's 14 this year. It's not that many. What do we have? Four wide receivers? We as a group have. Uh, yeah, no, we had. I had two running backs, Justice Hayden, Cedric Baxter. We had three qu- quarterbacks. I know that part. We have four. We have four wide receivers. So we so have nine. We, we as a group have 13. And the player oh, yeah, that I consider the 14th is uh, right below the mark. Yeah. So I'm so but, confused. I've got nine in my head. I don't know who the other here, ones are. Here, here are what I consider to be the tier one of this freshman okay. class. Malachi Nelson at yeah. USC. Dante Moore, UCLA. Arch Manning at Texas. Cedric Baxter at Texas. Zechariah Branch at USC. Justice Haynes at Alabama. Roderick Robinson the second at Georgia. Jontae Cook at Texas, Jackson Arnold at Oklahoma, Makai Lemon at USC, Ruben Owens, Texas A&M, Brandon Innes, Ohio State, Nico Iamalieva. I did it. I said his name for the first time in my Congratulations. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee and Jurion Dickey at Oregon. And actually, I have uh, Carnell Tate in there swapped out for uh, Ruben Owens, I believe, but whatever we'll we'll stick to what our rankings were at the time so those are the uh, do you have another guy you would add to that group carnell tate's the only one that i would i would say goes in there no no i mean i'm fine putting tate in there did you mention brandon Ennis? i kind of yeah Ennis was in there Ennis was in there yeah yeah Cal starting tonight i was kind of intrigued i was looking at that stuff so i apologize i might as well just be doing this show solo over here this is just terrible um but i mean so it's it's really not that many players so if we want to take those guys off the list, you can't name any of those guys. So we named 15 total if you put Carnell Tate. Okay. Who are some freshmen outside of that tier that you find yourself targeting a lot this offseason? <sighs> okay, outside that tier, we just want to stick with quarterbacks or everybody. Start start with quarterback. We'll we'll go okay. we'll go position by position. Who are some quarterbacks that you find yourself drafting a lot of? And so why? quarterbacks, um, I'll keep these first two short because I'm going to talk about them a little bit later, but also Novus had and Jaden Rashada. 
Uh, some more interesting ones, I think. Uh, I don't love this player, but J.J. Cole. We mentioned that freshman quarterbacks don't start with everything going on at Iowa State. There's a realistic shot that dude starts this year. And that matters from a value perspective, as you talked about earlier. It's something that um, I, I, I've i joined a couple dynasty leagues over the past couple of years, and I've tried to incorporate that. I've never really played like the stock market value kind of thing. I've always been very, like old school dynasty football player. The value for J.J. Cole will be there if he's a starting quarterback for Iowa State. And as long as he has a couple of good games, which may be possible, I would be looking to trade him. And he's a guy that I would – I mean, we're in – I'm in one league. We're in the 17th round of a supplemental round. He still hasn't been drafted yet. So, I mean, he's literally a guy you could take with your last pick that might – he's going to recruit more – recruit more – recruit recoup was the word I was trying to say. More value, more than likely than what you're paying for him. Um, a guy that I wrote about earlier this uh, year, Israel Carter, going to USF. I think he's the perfect match for that offense. I forgot who they brought in, but he only has one. Is it, was it Byron Brown, maybe? They have Byron Brown. They have Jerry Bohannon. Um, but Brown is the presumed starter yeah, I think, yeah. at this point in the offseason, at least according to Colin Decker. So. I don't I don't think either one of those guys is is overly talented now carter fits very much in that mold i think he's got probably red shirts this year so you still get likely four years i don't see a real any nfl future but again same thing guy you can spend your last pick on um and another guy that i, I i've been kind of high on uh brayden dorman who i don't think anybody ever really talks about i wrote an article on him as well i think he's a good well i think he's going to be a good college quarterback doesn't bring you a lot of rushing upside, but he's a completely different mold of quarterback than anybody else in that Arizona Wildcats quarterback room. Everybody, Jaden Delora, Noah Fafita, who I, I do like, they're both undersized guys. I mean, Braden Dorman's like 6'3", something, has got a rocket for That's an big. arm. And those are the kind of quarterbacks that Jed Fish has had going all the way back to like Miami, Minnesota, going in when he was back in the NFL with the quarterbacks he had back then with Seattle, Jacksonville. Like he's had these big pocket quarterbacks. And I think with the way that they run that offense, that should work perfectly fine. We didn't see a ton of rushing production from Jane Delore. He should, Braden Dorman should have, at least in my opinion, the uh the passing volume to be a fantasy asset i don't like i said i don't expect him to ever like go on to the nfl but he's another guy same thing like he's a last round pick there's nobody taking him you could take him with your 18th round pick in a freshman supplemental draft and if he you know after next year if there's all the reports on up it's going to be no feet you can cut him if you want it's like not a waste to pick at all in my opinion so those are the three quarterbacks besides nova said and rashad who i'll talk about later that i'm really targeting late drafts well, I know at least two people agree with you because I did a freshman auction a couple of weeks ago and Braden Dorman went for more than I got Zachariah Branch for. So was that our one that we're in? No, no, okay. it's okay. it's a it's a, a very odd setup league, but he just the price kept going. I woke up in the morning. He was still on the board and he was going for a lot. I was like, what the hell? Um, Brian asks in the chat, did you guys say Deuce Robinson? We did not say Deuce Robinson for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um Mostly because, and we'll have a better idea of this in about a week, right? When's the MLB draft? Soon, right? Uh, it's after the All-Star game, so that's, or it's during All-Star week, so not the July 4th week, the week after that. Okay. So here's the problem with the Deuce Robinson, week, yeah. and we'll keep this to the short version because we've talked pretty extensively on this show about this before. He is short of an elite baseball prospect, but a good enough baseball prospect that people know that if they want to sign him, they have to draft him above where he should be drafted and probably pay him above draft slot. So that's going to be the issue for him. He probably should be a third or fourth round uh, MLB guy from what we've heard. But if a team really wants him, they're, they're like, like Lonnie White a couple years ago where my freaking Pirates just stabbed me in the back and took him uh, in the second. And I, it's the same thing could happen for Deuce Robinson. Um, also, I'm just not taking – I would never put a tight end as a – as a, a tier one player pretty much ever. So that also knocks him down uh, a bit for me, even though the, the grade was there for him. Like he, we, we make the grade and then we adjust it based on position and his, his adjusted grade got bumped way down because he's a tight end. So 
and there's a lot of other things that to not like about him too. Like he's not that big of a guy. Like, like I don't know if he has a, a frame to get bigger. Like I think there's some some other issues there too. Even though I, I like the kid, I mean, and I've actually I said at the beginning of the offseason I wouldn't draft him at all, and I've actually ended up drafting him three or four times just because he falls to like the third or fourth round, and I'm like, well, how do I not? Yeah. But uh, I definitely don't think he belongs uh, in that group with those other guys just based on the risk that is associated with him and the upside is what i don't know it's it's tight end i mean uh we we don't it's it's just real hard to predict um i actually don't really like any of the names that you mentioned as your quarterbacks you're taking i'm so sorry that's fair it doesn't mean they're bad names they're just not the ones that i am personally targeting i tend to try to walk out of every draft with one of my tier two of qb which ends up never being Jaden rashada because he goes in my opinion too early um, but Nova Sad Childs or uh, Lenora Sellers are, are kind of. I usually walk out with one of those guys if I can. I think the the um, as we talked about on on Campus Life recently, like if I'm drafting a guy this year, I have there has to be a realistic shot at playing time for them within a year. And if there isn't, I'm not interested. Um, which is why I kind of have a problem with Dorman and Israel Carter, um, just because I'm not sure they they can get a job. Guys that I think do fit that category though, Brady Drogish at Cincinnati. I think um, Emory Jones is there right now, but I think this is his last year. He's been in school for forever. I mean, he was like a junior our first year doing the show where we had a bet you got to kick me in the nuts if he went in the first round, which I guess is still that possibility of, yeah. Throwback, yeah. That was was a good time. Uh, We were pretty sure we weren't going to be kicking you in the nuts, but I was practicing my kicking just in case um it ever came to that yeah uh um so i think i think he's the pretty obvious next guy there and and um uh they like to run the ball a little bit so uh at at the quarterback position so i I like drogish there um that's actually really it in terms of freshman qbs i don't like a lot of other ones the one that i do think is sneaky but i don't think you have to draft him now is uh brock glenn at florida state i think there's a legitimate chance that he's the starter next i don't so but um it's well unless they unless they bring a guy it's not going to be luke cromenhook no we'll see there's a there is a negative 10 percent chance that luke cromenhook starts a game as a true freshman at florida state we'll see you can kick me in the nuts you can kick me in the nuts it's on record 32 minutes in 15 seconds on on june 28th today's 20 i can't i have my phone here i can't see the date um in fairness, I didn't want to bring up Childs because I feel like I talk about him all the time. He's definitely a quarterback that I would target. And I didn't want to bring up Drogos because I knew you were going to talk about him. Because oh, I know you're a big you. fan. So that's I, very I kind of you. Um, running backs that you're targeting that are outside this top tier. We've talked a lot on this show and other shows about how this isn't necessarily the best running back class. Um, there's a lot of small players, which hurts yeah. if you're trying to project to the NFL, especially obviously for Debbie um guys outside that top tier that you like uh matt at the running back position that you you find yourself drafting a good amount of uh i mean outside of the top tier so i know there's one you're gonna mention so i'm gonna leave them alone uh cole cabana's one uh i i was definitely higher on him than than most of the team i i think that he has explosive playmaking i could easily see him being the donovan edwards replacement next year um, there was a lot of talks about how well he was doing on special teams for them in spring. Then he got hurt before the spring game when Benjamin Hall rose up. I still think we're going to see more of Cole Cabana than we do Benjamin Hall this year. Arnold Barnes is an interesting one. He's not a guy that I particularly am fairly high on, but Tulane has like nothing on that depth chart really of, of any consequence. I can't imagine that, you know, Ashad Shady Clayton. I was gonna say, isn't that isn't that where the new Shady's at? Yeah, I I can't imagine he may have one more year, but like the rest of that group, I'm almost positive are all like, I think they're juniors. I don't know, but I there's think, nobody of. Like, I think Shady Clayton has three years, Matt. It might be possible. I, I think know he, he has COVID three and... years. He's got COVID, and there was a year he didn't play it. Yeah, I think I he's also got three just years. Don't think... Uh, he might be better than Arnold Barnes. I was really high on Clayton back yeah. in the day. I, I really liked him. But regardless, I still think that he could be um, a player that that you see some kind of playing time from. Uh, Jeremiah Love's kind of an easy one with, with all the, the transfers out and the Chris Tyree moving. Um, thank you, Chris Moxley. Clayton has at least two years. Thanks, Chris Moxley. 
clearly watching the show. Can't be on the show, clearly watching. Uh, oh, he, so he, I, I he think... already tweeted. He's got us on the big screen. He's watching as oh, he works okay, through nice. the last piece oh, that of case, the uh, thanks, CFF Chris. guide. So. Thank you for your support. N- Nelly agrees. So, uh, my, today. my last one. And I don't know if you like this player or not. I nominated this running back in our, I think it's the 2018 league. I'm almost positive. C2C versus NIL. That's 2018, right? Or is it 2014? I think it's 24, but 2014. It's all the same after 20, really. I nominated this player, thought I was going to get him really cheap. And then some jerk named Austin Nace kept bidding him up. I don't know if it's just because you knew I was the one who nominated. I don't know. But he ended up going for like $45, I think. I don't even remember if I won him. LJ Martin going to BYU. Oh, yeah. I did bid him up. Yeah, I don't know if you did because of me or if you actually like the player. He's an intriguing intriguing. player to me. He's a good receiver, interesting runner. I don't think he's more of a slasher to me. Doesn't have a lot of speed. But same thing with Tulane. There is nothing on BYU's. Deion Smith, senior. Aiden Robbins, senior. I'm pretty sure both those guys are out of eligibility. I don't even know who. I think the other guy, Miles Davis, the singer. Or was that Sammy Davis? I don't remember. But regardless, like, I don't even know who that is. I think LJ Martin could legitimately play this year for BYU and be the starter next year for them with a team that's shown they can produce fairly good running backs on the CFF side. I mean, nobody really thought Tyler Algier was anything special, and he was really good for you in CFF and ended up not actually being that bad in the NFL. So he is a very intriguing one for me that, again, I think you can get literally as your last-round pick. Miles Davis, yeah, isn't he the one from? Uh, or it's from um, uh, uh, Billy Madison, where they're on the field trip and the kid pees his pants, and then he's like, the old lady's like, if peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. I'm pretty sure I, that's- I, I, I honestly don't remember. I know Sammy Davis is a singer. I could have swore there's a singer named Miles Davis. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm sure he was like a jazz guy, Miles Davis. That sounds that sounds right. See, where else can you go to get Debbie content and? 1940s jazz musician information. He is, is American jazz musician, right there here. There we go, Miles Davis. There we go. So there you go. You can go impress somebody with that knowledge now. Leave out the Billy Madison part. That part's less impressive. Um, yeah, running backs. I you named a couple of the guys that I really really like. Um, because after the top few, it's just basically a dart throw class. I like I like that you mentioned Martin because he's definitely a deeper guy. I know. Um, uh, Blake Hampton's been really banging the drum for, uh, uh, Dubar, J- Jambres Dubar, who's at, um, uh, Boise. That's a tough one. Cause I really respect Blake's opinion, but I've watched Dubar about six times. and I just think he stinks. So, um, <laughs> that's a tough one, but I do think that, oh, well, Halani has it. Halani's another guy. That I'm pretty sure he has another year, right? We had, so th- we had this Man, discussion. I, this- I really don't know. <laughs> So we had this discussion in the Slack, actually, in the CFF channel, and this is how this all came to light. So apparently, this is the the the, the theor- working theory that it sounds like teams are actually doing now. If you redshirted during the COVID year, they are letting you use that year twice. You allow you're allowed to use it as a redshirt, and then three years later, you're allowed to say, "Well, I've got my COVID year too," and they're letting people do it because I'm pretty sure Holani might be the guy that. Uh, a Boise State beat writer referenced in an article and said, this guy's got another year if he wants it. I'm pretty sure there's another I dude. Mean, there's uh, yeah. Latrell Capels or somebody too that's also there. Uh, it's a it's a true story, Nelly. Nelly's losing his, his crap in the chat here. Look, but I, so it's Moxley, Moxley coming in clutch again, he just said he's got two years left somehow. He said it's, it's weird, but he has two oh, years, which is not – it's – I can't remember who they were talking about, but I was listening. I was catching up on cover three today. I haven't had a chance to listen to him. I was listening to all the summer school stuff. And they were talking about someone on an episode I listened to today that, that was literally starting and playing in their seventh year of college football this year. Not Frank like, Harris. That's what I mean, that many seventh year guys. <laughs> I mean, so it's like, it's insane to me what COVID is doing. But yes, apparently George Halani has two years and I trust Moxley when it comes to this stuff. So he's clearly al- got two years. It's already happening. Nelly. It, it is already happening. I because I said the same thing. It sounds like bullshit, but it's the NCAA. I mean, it, apparently it has actively already happened. So. Mo- Mox says it's either Cam McCormick at Florida or Brady something at Rice. So, and I okay. bet you it's. I know, I know it's the Brady kid at Rice because I remember them talking about JT Daniels in that episode. So, they're really excited for JT Daniels this year. No, they're not. But you know, <laughs> I don't know that me anybody's neither. excited for Rice. Look, so, look at me, but Bud and me, not that different. 
Um, yeah, Jeremiah Love, uh, Caleb Jackson at LSU, I think is is one that I think there's not the clearest path, depending on what happens with Logan Diggs, but I think he's good enough. Uh, Joiner, we mentioned him a little bit earlier, is a hypothetical guy at USC. I just think he's better than a Marion Peterson. So that's kind of the guy. And then a name that actually falls really, really far is Dylan Edwards at Colorado. And I think he's, I don't care at all about, he is never going to play in the NFL, guys. He's oh, never going to play in the NFL. That, yeah. He's smaller yeah. than Deuce Vaughn. He's, yeah. this dude's a tiny little guy. Well, uh, hang on. But, do we know that he doesn't have a family member on his That's staff? true. We got to check and make sure his dad's <laughs> not in the NFL exactly. front office because he could get drafted in the sixth or seventh round. Um, but I, I think he'll produce at Colorado, assuming that that whole experiment yeah. doesn't just collapse on itself within the next 18 months, which is also possible. Um, but I can't really account for that in drafts. So here we are. I think, he, and he falls really, really far. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause so. all you guys crap all over him cause he's small. I'm sorry. I'm supposed to take the five, six guy early. I mean, Look, I, you just mentioned it's it. very he's, situational. He's the same size as Marquez Cooper. And we saw what Cooper was able to do in that Sean Lewis offense. That's been my argument the whole time. And I always get labeled as this little RB lover. I'm just trying to point out that Dylan Edwards can be really good for you in C2Z leagues. That's that just it. Sounds you can't call yourself a little RB lover. It's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. That's going to put you on a list somewhere. Um, re- receivers on, outside yeah. the <laughs> receivers outside the top tier that uh that that you like in drafts this year. There's really not a lot. Um, so <laughs> sorry. That's a that's an office line, by the way. That's where I went to with the. He said he's a, he he makes his username little kid lover, so that people gotcha. know that he's on a dating website, so that people know that he wants to have a family. Yeah, there we go. That's exactly what this. <laughs> Jaden Greathouse, the guy I've talked a lot about, obviously with that wide receiver room, he fell just outside. He's actually in our tier one for a long time, and then kind of fell out. Since he's out of there, I'll, I'll bring him up. Uh, you know, Eugene Wilson, interesting because of Florida's wide receiver room. I, I think he's got a shot to get on the field, and with with how dynamic of a, a runner or as runner he is after the catch, I think he could do something. Um, the, the main one that sticks out to me and a guy that I think is falling fairly far considered to where we have him ranked. We have him at wide receiver 18 and that's Jalen Smith. And why he's so intriguing to me now is because Keon Coleman transferred out. I mean, this room is just God awful at Michigan state. And while I don't think that the offense is necessarily going to be great, we don't even know who the quarterback's going to be. They're going to need someone to do something. And we've seen as long as he breaks a couple of those year one zeros, which I think he could, then he's a guy that will retain value. And it doesn't matter if he's not good at Michigan State, if we think he can go into the NFL. He does fall into a lot of these very like good athletic scores that that Matt Big Wide receiver guy pulled, had a really good senior season after Matthew Golden left in Texas. So he kind of crushes in that Texas mold there of, of wide receivers who've been really good at high school in Texas. So he he's another one that – Falling pretty late. I think it's because he's been a little bit overlooked. I would not be saying this had Keon Coleman transferred out more than likely, but the fact that he's gone, I mean, who's the best wide receiver in that room? Is it Antonio Gage Jr.? And is that that impressive? Like, I think Jalen Smith's probably a better wide receiver. So, um, I, you could not pay me to draft a player on Michigan State this offseason. Literally, literally could not pay me. So, that includes Sam. Uh, I disagree I like, with that. I think that Maybe. that that program is so toxic right now. I wouldn't touch it uh with a 10-foot pole. So, you're um, really telling me right now we're in what are we in Debbie Debate Listener League? I'm about to be yeah. on the clock. I don't even think Jalen Smith is gone. I'll PayPal you $100 right now to draft Jalen Smith this round. You will not say no. You I don't think it. I have a pick for like another 3 rounds. So, Okay. Um, I'll pay you $100 PayPal in 3 rounds when he gets there if he's there. I I don't want him. I I'm not interested. I, don't I haven't taken, I haven't even had him in queues yet this off season. So, um, and I actually, so like I put Levitt in that queue and I have been putting him in queues that, that we're, we're yeah. giving away to members. Um, but like I, it's a little situational as to whether I actually want to draft him or not. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I, I love Sam Levitt. I think he's a really good quarterback, but I like, he's been, toward the top of my queue for my quarterback specifically, like just mentioning the Debbie debate and I keep passing on him. So I'm like, ah, I just can't take him. Let's see if he falls one more. I can't do it. Well, so. I, I hate drafting in that league. 
um, just so much oh, for the obvious me. for the yeah, obvious reason that they literally just have all of our rankings and can like it's just yeah. there's no value there. Um, I had to go QBQB my first two picks, which I freaking hated. Um, uh, so. I mean, since since we're on the the complaint about the listeners <laughs> let's, here, let's I mean, complain I'm, about the listeners. Let's, I'm with you because I mean, you know. I I probably pumped up Aiden Childs more than anybody, and yet he goes before me in every second round, and it's really like. Why. We're about to start the, and I don't even care that I say this because if you do it, whatever, I, I I will hate you and I will bring out a voodoo doll and all kinds of bad things will happen. But in the NFL GM West, the, the league that I won, I'm planning on picking him with my 12th pick now just so I can get one share of him because in every C2C league I am in, someone drafts him before he gets to me in the second round. And it's very frustrating. Maybe they're doing you a favor. I disagree. I, for what I it's worth, have really actually good. ended up with a fair amount of Childs this offseason. Um, third round is usually where I end up uh, snagging him. I can't so. even get him in the second. So, yeah. So, sorry, Matt. Um, uh, you, I mean, I, I, a uh, great house I do like. I know you just mentioned him and back to, to circle back. And I like Eugene Wilson too. I was actually on the Dynasty Pros Debbie show last night. Uh, go ahead, give those guys a follow, a listen over there uh, if you aren't already. Um, and I talked about how if I'm drafting, especially in a specifically in a Debbie league, if I'm drafting a freshman at a skill position, I'm really looking for them to have a skill set that's nobody else on the team has. And it's just because I think, you know, the, the odds be getting on the field are probably a little bit quicker, uh, a little bit better. And Wilson is one of those guys of Florida. They don't have another slot guy on that team. I mean, I guess Ricky Pearsall could probably play the slot, but I, they'll play him on the boundary because they don't have anything there. Um, I, I think Wilson, who is not an early enrollee, will show up there. Uh, and play a pretty decent amount. I do end up taking a lot of Vandravius Jacobs because he falls so far. He's at Florida State. Um, just as like a super late stash, like 10th round plus um, is where I end up getting him a lot. And they raved about him in spring. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I know they, they had, after adding Keon Coleman, I feel a little less good about it. But in like the 10th plus round, I'm just saying, why not? Um, those are really the only deep wide receivers. I've actually just been hitting CFF guys mostly in the wide receiver group this year. Yep. Um, that's just, I lost a lot of receivers in last year's draft. So, yeah, uh, I know. Marvin Harrison and Jordan Addison. Yeah, I got it. I got it. You're good. Gotta, you know what you're Got to replenish. We know. Well, a lot of, a lot of Keishon Boutte too. So maybe, wow. maybe not know, completely infallible. Matt, we're, we're doing a show, bro. What? Sorry. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. This is a good time, Matt. Okay, Matt, you I, you go watch the next minute of this. I will do the housekeeping uh, so, that, so that you can uh, see who scored for the U.S. here tonight. Um, so, so, dude, I can't say his name. Mil Milohalovic? I can't say his name. Thank you. For Midfielder. The you're welcome. You're welcome. Sorry. Um, we have three items on the list here tonight. The first one is our partnership with Homefield Apparel. Uh, we are now uh, – we have a promo code with them. Promo code is Campus2Canton. Um, punch that in, you get 50% off your order. Um, and until the end of June here, go ahead, take a screenshot of it and send it to us. And we are entering you to win a copy of all of our guides for this year. Now, if you're an NIL member, that maybe doesn't sound as juicy because you already get all the guides. Well, guess what? We are doing a specific giveaway for you guys. The winner of the drawing wins a signed jersey. And we are actually going to let you pick the signed jersey of your choosing that we can obviously get our hands on. So um, that is the giveaway there. You can enter more than once. You can enter more than once. We don't care. Choose a different email. Doesn't matter. Um, we get paid either way. So go ahead make multiple emails. Go ahead, do that. And then just DM them to us. DM us the receipt. It'll say on it that you used our promo code. And we can go ahead and take a look at that. CFF guide, guys. It drops on July 1st. Our team has been putting a ton of work into this thing. It's so, so good. If you got last year's, this year's is honestly even better. Yeah, it really is. We know what we're doing. We have um, some some new and improved information this year going into it. Um, a, a, a bigger team working on it. So really, really good there. Pre-orders are available at campusdecanton.com. Um, or you can obviously buy it as soon as it releases on the first as well. And then the last thing, guys, another thing for our NIL members, I built a 200, almost 240 player queue for a large uh, supplemental draft that I had uh, that, that we're in the middle of right now. I'm giving that away to any NIL member who wants it. All you have to do is DM us. 
Um, I'm also writing a current uh, article series on how I built the queue and why I built the queue so that you, you know, not only use the one I give you this year, but can maybe build uh, your own in the future and feel really, really confident in it because we want to give you guys info, but also um, kind of give you the tools to, to do it yourself. So um, those are the things that we have going on. Go check out all of that stuff. Yeah, they scored a second goal, Matt. You're welcome, but I was doing housekeeping. It was a rip. Okay. That was amazing. Um, freshman ADP, guys. This is the last thing we're going to talk about here for tonight, and then we'll get Matt out of here so he can go watch this game. Who will rise and who will fall this year? And I think some of the names that we've already talked about for some very obvious reasons are, are going to show up on this list. Um, but Matt, who are some guys that you think will rise in ADP this year? They just scored a third one, by the way. Did they really? Yes. My God, I must be behind. Who was it? Sorry. See, now you're gonna now you paying attention to that. So uh I'll just go really quick. Austin Nova said and Jaden Rashada are the two quarterbacks that I have up there. I also have Aiden Childs. Uh, so I mentioned I've been listening to the cover three. Um, Bud Elliott does the summer school stuff. It's really good. Uh, he brings on the beat reporters. I mean, I do my best to kind of aggregate as much of that as possible when we do our stuff. But obviously, beat reporters, they, they can get even inside information from coaching stats and everything. The beat reporter for Oregon State was talking about how he does not think it's out of the realm of possibilities. That was beautiful. Uh, out of the realm of possibilities. Hey, Zeus Ferreira, too. Let's go. Anyways. That Childs plays this year, he and there are reports that some of the coaching staff felt like Aiden Childs was not only the most consistent throughout spring, but the best quarterback out of the three. I still think DJU is going to start when the season you know starts out, but I would not be surprised if we see Childs on the field at some point in time, which is just going to shoot his value up because he is a legitimate rushing threat as well. Austin Novosad, Jaden Rashada, they're the next guys up. I think both have um, a lot of talent. Rashada, I think I'd probably value a slight bit more than Novasad because of the Kenny Dillingham offense. I still, while I, I like what Wilstein did at UTSA, I kind of need to see him do it in the Power Five before I'm willing to say Austin Novasad will do that. But he is a player that I, I really like, and they're just going extremely late. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. In the GM league we're in together, I think you took Austin Novasad on like the tenth round. I thought he had gone already. I, I had no, I had no desire to take him. But he was still sitting there so many yeah. rounds later that I just I was like, okay, I, oh, so I guess I have to. I, I brought that up. It was like I literally kicked myself when I was like, I I thought he had gone already. So like, cause I, that was when I, I built my queue out on the west side. And I didn't do it on the east side. So I thought we were doing the west first. And so I was like, I I thought he was gone. Then I saw you take him literally right after me. I was like, what the hell? I was like, hey, I didn't realize he was still there. So he's a guy. He's just going extremely late. And I think the the values there. I already mentioned Braden Dorman and Cameron Cook. I mean, again, Cameron Cook's NFL upside might be limited, but We've seen how effective these running backs can be in a TCU offense. I just do not think that Trey Sanders and Monty Bailey are are really that good. And I don't know that they're going to be able to necessarily recruit over him either. Like, I have not seen them in on any running backs in the 2024 cycle. So there's a realistic shot that Cameron Cook could take that job next year. Uh, and then Malachi Coleman. I talked earlier this offseason, actually probably was like last week's episode, how I think Jeff Sims is going to be a decent quarterback this year with what – Matt Rule has done throughout his time in college at Temple and and again at Baylor. They're hot on the recruiting trail too, by the way. We're not talking about yeah. that tonight, but they are they're yeah, landing they're, some dudes here. He's always been a good recruiter. Like I, I mean, I know you and me were on this train. Everybody kind of scoffed at us when we said we did not think Dylan Rayola going there would have been a bad thing. I thought it had been a much better spot, and I think he'll be fine at Georgia. But the offense that they run, like I think that this is going to be a really good team. It's the same. Nebraska has nobody. I, I don't know that Malachi Coleman's going to go out there and dominate, but he is so athletically gifted. He looked a lot more polished than I expected him to look in. I think it was the Polynesian Bowl uh, was the game that he was in the All-Star game that I thought he looked phenomenal in. Would not be surprised. Now that he suffered that injury and he moved away from track, he's already gone up to Nebraska, so he's been there for the summer. He'll be there all of fall. I expect us to get some pretty – him to get some pretty decent run with that Nebraska offense. And he's a guy I also think is going late because nobody knows what to think of him. I think he's got the st the Nebraska stink on him. I think he could be a really good CFF asset moving forward. It's so funny because I was listening to one of either this week or last week's future freshman episode um, and Brandon Sanders. I think it was this most recent one that Chris K was on because they were talking about yeah, some yeah, of these the skill guys one. in the yeah. Big 12. And he said that Malachi Coleman went in like the 10th round of a supplemental in a CFF dynasty. 
And that just sounds so weird to me because Matt Rule has been, again, successful offensively pretty much everywhere he's gone. I mean, at least relative to the level of whatever that they had going on there. So I, I think Coleman is going to be a really good player. And I the problem is that he actually goes a little earlier than I generally want to take him. So I just end up usually opting for a CFF guy in that range. Um, so I, I, I don't actually don't know if I've drafted him at all this year. But I do really, really like him. And I think there's like if you told me in three years that he's got a first round NFL draft pick, it really wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah. I no. think I think he's equally interesting in C2C and Devi leagues. And I think you probably take him at about the same range in both. I, I think he's a really, really interesting player. Um, this this class were a little spoiled. Like last next year, we really like the wide receiver class again, but this year has a really long, extensive list of these 90th percentile athletic score wide receivers that are also like 6'3", 195 plus. Like there is just a bunch of big, fast dudes kind of pick your poison uh, in that group, which I find really, really interesting. Uh, I don't disagree with uh, with with really too many of the names you had out there, and I, I've thrown out most of the ones that I am a big believer in. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to think if there's there's any other guys here that I find really really uh, intriguing. A guy that I don't think anybody's really talking about is Rodney Gallagher at West Virginia. He might just have to play because they're so bad. But I'm also again not sure I'm investing that much in West Virginia. Um, just the program that's that's falling apart. Um, those are really the only ones. I do think Benjamin Hall will see a rise in ADP, even though I think it'll be unwarranted uh, at Michigan. I, as people seem to think that he's definitely going to be the guy there, and I think it's equally likely it's Cabana. Um, but those are really the only names I have. I mean, this isn't like a class where I'm stashing a lot of freshmen for some reason. I just don't love a lot of the deeper names this year. But I really, really like the top names. I'm trying to get a bunch of that. Yeah. Uh, guys that are going to yeah, fall in ADP. Who, who do you like? Uh, uh, I mean, that? we we talked a lot about Arch earlier in the show, so there's no reason to kind of bring that up. But he tops my list and just everything around him that could go wrong. Could, he could definitely make me look 100% wrong on that. Uh, but I, I think there's just a lot around him that I think he could end up falling. Man, you know, I know you've called me out for this before and saying that I'm sticking to my priors. I still think that Carnell Tate is going to end up falling. He's just going so high. I, I've... I'm not trying to say that he's a bad player, but I really think that we have jumped the shark a little bit with him in because of the spring reports. I mean, I know that Ohio State has praised him, and they typically don't. They're very much they, they're like Nick Saban; they don't just praise which, you to praise. They do which it. is really the one thing that I'm hanging yeah. on to that fact right there. Yeah, but on the other hand of that, we've also seen that like we've seen guys come in in spring and be amazing, and it doesn't matter; like it doesn't translate to anything onto the field. I still think that there's in, in using the spring talk, Brian Hartline continued to praise one Brandon Ennis and he has yet to be on the field for them. I, I think that matters. The fact that you're still talking about how great this kid is and he has yet to even get to there to practice with you. I think he just does. He, his skill set's different. And what I think will hurt Tate is the fact that they are not going, they're going to do everything they can to not take Marvin Harrison jr. Off the field, especially why I think Kyle McCord is going to be a very good quarterback, I think you have to be a little bit worried about what this offense is going to be, especially this offensive line and losing three pieces of that offensive line. So I, I think we're going to see a lot of Mecca, a lot of Fleming, a lot of Marvin Harrison, and I think that's just going to limit when Tate gets on the field. He's going to get in the field in, in blowouts, so maybe he ends up putting up really good stats and, and doesn't drop. But I do think he's the one who ends up dropping. Yeah, we don't need to rehash this argument um, in terms of you know Tate versus Ennis, and I just am preferring Tate in drafts right now, but not like to the point where I, like I have had the option to be on the clock, like let, let Tate sitting there at like 10 and I've had the option to either trade up or just sit at like 11, 12, 13 and still take Ennis. Yeah. And I've opted to take Ennis there. So like, I'm not saying that it's a huge golf, but I do think there's a difference between a guy being on campus and you saying, damn, this kid's been really good. And a coach just saying like, we really like Brandon Ennis, but he still hasn't been at Ohio state and done it yet. You know sure. what I mean? I, I yeah. still think there's, there's a little bit of a difference there. Um, which is the response that I thought of in the shower after we'd had this discussion last time. And I was like, damn it, I should have said that That's when we were cool. talking. I would have got him so it, good. It, no, because I, I still think he's going to end up being being the better player. Maybe that's the thing. Is, uh, when I'm looking at this and, and saying jump the shark, I mean, there's a league. I just watched him go as like he was the second wide receiver off the board 
behind Jontae Cook. That's just too much for me. I I, I think he's got a chance to be good, but, and I, I don't necessarily have an issue with you taking him over Ennis, if that's what you believe. That's fine. I, I'm We were all fairly high on him to begin with, and then we kind of dropped it a little bit due to some other factors. I, I think he's going to be a very good wide receiver regardless. I, uh, my I, other do think, one, I do just want to say real quick, because you said he was the second wide receiver off the board. I, I, I don't think I would personally do that. But I also don't think, and we haven't really talked about this on any shows, but I don't think it's crazy for people to be a little apprehensive about Zachariah Branch with his size. Like, I, I, I know the NFL has been more willing to shift towards some of these smaller guys, but I do still think that there's inherent risk. Like, I, you would have to be really good for me to put you as the number one wide receiver in, a, in the class and with that size. And I think I have Branch at this point as my two in the class behind Cook. But I, it just, it's scary. It's scary. Yes, Matt, they scored a fourth. No, but it, I mean, he nutmegged him, dude. That was dude, a it's, great. It's St. Kitts and Nettles. I know, man. but still, that's a It might as nice well be game. me out there between the sticks. Come on. No, nah, I heard that you're pretty good, actually. I heard you're a very good soccer player. Anyways, while I don't disagree with you on that, I also don't always just worry about what they're going to be for the NFL side of things. Well, I think Carnell Tate's NFL upside is obviously higher than Zachariah Branchage because of his his size and ability. At least immediate upside. Like yeah. once once Branch confirms it, then I think you feel a little better about it. But I still am always wary that like just projecting a five nine guy. And like I loved Waddle coming out. Like I said yeah. after their freshman year, Waddle is the best one of this group. But I at least got to see it a little bit first. I know once if you have to wait till you see it with some of these guys, and it's too late. Yeah. So I get it. But I I don't I don't necessarily have qualms if I'm talking. Like I have so much Dante Cook, and I have no Branch. Uh, yeah. I have one Branch, and that's it this year. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, we've just seen so many small receivers dominate in college football because of their ability of what they can do after the catch and their speed. I mean, a, a guy that I love to Calvin Austin, who ended up going to the Steelers. Yeah, Tyler Harrell at Louisville. I mean, didn't work out at Alabama, but dude was a massive CFF asset. So my only argument would be for him is like, we've already heard the same thing, right? All the, the spring reports of, but, like, there's legitimate talk that he could start in the slot for them this year in a Lincoln-Riley offense. That would be my only – I wouldn't have a massive issue with it if you did. I'm not doing it, but I, I get where you're coming from on, on that side of things. Uh, last ones, I'll, I'll stick with uh, Lincoln Keenholz. I mean, I think there's a realistic shot he ends up transferring out. I mean, depending on what happens with Kyle McCord and Devin Brown this year, if Kyle McCord wins the job – it really sounds like Devin Brown's not going anywhere, which means he's going to be the guy next year. And then I think Aaron Nolan is better than Lincoln Keenholz personally. I he, think it's marginal, but I do think he's a little better. Now then we have to have the discussion again of how many of these guys stay in front of him for him to play. And then how much does the experience matter? Yeah. I mean, that's true. My, my big fear with, with that is you look at everybody that Ryan day has ever recruited there's one that stands out like a sore thumb, and it's Lincoln Keenholz. Aaron Noland is a lot closer to C.J. Stroud and Kyle McCord and Devin Brown than Lincoln Keenholz is. And I wonder if they would revert back to him. He comes in next year, plays really good as a freshman, because that's the thing, right? You're gonna, He's going to sit a whole year with Devin Brown as a starter, we presume, and then it would be a battle for Keenholz and Aaron Noland. And if there's not that much separating, I wonder if they would. I don't know. I would just be worried about waiting. We we talked earlier about some of these other guys like Israel Carter. You're, you're Carter, you might be waiting two years to see Keenholz play. Probably going to have a really good offense in a wide receiver room, but still, he he's a guy that I've kind of I think his his ADP is going to fall. And then Cordell Russell, Russell, who's a player that I really liked, athletic freak. You know, came back pretty quickly from that uh, injury for his shoulder injury. I think he did what did he? Uh, it wasn't dislocated his shoulder. I can't remember what he did to his shoulder. But, uh, he uh, broke his collarbone. He broke, broke his, his collarbone. collarbone. Yeah. But man, they seem to love JoJo Earl, and I cannot remember the other wide receiver. I get that it was one year in the Sunny Dykes offense, and Max Dugan isn't necessarily this like elite passing threat. But they really barely even made Quentin Johnson viable in that offense. I don't know that there's enough of that ball to go around to make multiple wide receivers relevant. And I think it's going to be Jojo Earl. And I can't for the life of me remember who the other one is, but I mean, we saw Jordan Hudson, Savion Williams. Yeah. Savion Williams. We saw Jordan Hudson who was productive as a freshman. That's your transfer out because he sees he's not going to get a chance to do anything. I would not be surprised if we don't see the same thing happen to Cordell Russell after this season. 
I think the guys that are the most obvious fades, like the easiest ones to do are quarterbacks because there's only one on the field at one time. So I think it's, 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 there's still enough wiggle room for us to get some of these wrong, plenty of them wrong. I mean, re- realistically, but I think, um, it's the easiest one to kind of sit here and say, like, is there a realistic chance that they play within a year, which is the, 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 what I use in terms of if I'm willing to draft a guy or not. So if I'm looking at a lot of these quarterbacks, I think I ask myself, is it realistic if they play with, by, you know, are they starting by the beginning of their second year? And I look at the list and here are the guys that I think it's, it's really, really questionable on that, that are rated fairly highly. Pierce Clarkson at, at uh, Louisville especially with Brady Allen going in there, Kineholz at Ohio State, Avery Johnson at Kansas State, depending on what happens with Will Howard, um, the two Alabama guys, Holstein and Lonergan, Bazina at uh, Clemson, I don't think has much of a shot to play uh, in the next couple of years. Um, and then you start getting into some of these other guys like Malachi Singleton. Like I, I, I would never touch Malachi Singleton right now because I think he's he's behind a couple of guys. Um Tad Hudson at UNC, I think, is behind guys. Like a lot of these guys, you just got to ask yourself, you know, what are the odds that they play within the year? And I just, I, I, I don't think that there's, and I think there's even some of these guys like Kenny Minchie, like he's not locked in. I could see Notre Dame going for a transfer guy. I don't think much of CJ Carr at all. I don't yeah. think Carr, Carr is the kind of player, even if he ends up coming good, that goes in there as a freshman and does anything. But it's Notre Dame, man. I mean, they're going to look for a guy. So, I think the the list is pretty small. And then you start doing that some of the other positions too. And obviously, like we said, it's a little more difficult. You got more of these guys in the field at, at any given time. But I think a guy like Isaiah Augusta at, at at Arkansas probably falls into that. I think, you know, obviously there's risk there with Roderick Robinson at Georgia. Uh, Jeremiah Cobb, I think there's risk. Trayon Webb at Florida. Um, it sounds like they have a lot of re- running backs they really like at Illinois. So Fegan's a little risky, I think. I mean, there, there's a lot of these guys that I think there's there's a good chance we don't see them for multiple years, and that's just not worth a bench spot, especially in, in Debbie. Like, I would never even dream of it, but CPC, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. still probably not doing it. Yeah, it's weird. For as much as we've talked about how we like a lot of the players in this class, I have found myself going more CFF heavy after, like, even the third round of freshmen. At, at once I hit, like, the fourth round, I've been going CFF heavy, and then if I see some freshmen – dropping at that point i'll take them yeah it's um it, it's rough out there so just just you don't have to follow exactly what we're doing but i think the exercise is worth kind of asking yourself realistically what's the timeline here um and as i've said on many shows especially in a c2c league if you're treating that college team like just a debbie pipeline that team's going to get real bad real quick unless you're the luckiest person on the planet and then you know more power to you well, that's going to do it for Better to have good luck than no luck at all, right? That's true. That's true. That's going to do it for tonight's show, guys. we got to get Matt so he can go watch his soccer game. We will apologize. Kirk, we would have gotten you on tonight. But it's a soccer game, man. I'm sorry. We ran out of time. We will get you rescheduled. For Matt Bruning, I'm Austin Nace. Good night and good luck.